0: Just let them know how much you love that they're here. (laughs) There's so much space between people, it's harder, I imagine. (laughs) So how are we this morning, everybody? Good? Good to hear. We've finally made it to the end of our series on discipleship. We're up to the D, which is for developing others. Um, which is something that I've discovered lately has become something that's quite a, a passion of mine to develop other people. And so I'm going to try and bring you guys uh, a little bit of a how-to guide when it comes to developing others, whether uh, it's something you've thought of before or whether it's the first time you're ever even thinking about it. Um, uh, so hopefully that will be helpful for you. But before we get into it, let's just pray and invite um, God to speak to us this morning. Lord God, we just thank you so much for the times that you show up in our lives lord we thank you that no matter what happens lord that when you um when you move lord uh, great things happen lord and we thank you that even the times that you don't move lord that we know that you are still with us and we just pray that this morning you'll be with us and that you'll be speaking to us lord um, encouraging us and building us up um, to be your church and to go out into the world and to, the, and to bless other people lord amen So if you don't know me, my name is Nathan, um, and I am a part of staff here. I'm also coordinating the youth group, um, and I tell you that because it helps with my story. Um, But when I first started as youth coordinator, which is a while ago now, um, I was fresh out of high school. Um, I did it alongside Ellen Jones, who some of you would know. Um, But something that I quickly realized was important for us was that we needed to develop our leaders. Um, But I realized that I had no idea what to do. To help with that. I had no idea how to develop other people. You know, I could see areas that we all needed to grow in, things that we needed to do, but I actually had no idea how we could get to a better place, how we could go from where we were um, and move forward as a leadership team. <coughs> and one of the things that I struggled with was being one of the, the younger leaders there. Um, I struggled to see if people would actually listen to what I had to say being younger or um, if they were actually open to being developed alongside me. I was still growing as a leader myself, and I, I still am. And I wonder if you've been in a similar, similar situation where maybe you've had a family member or a friend or someone close to you who um, you could see areas in their life where they needed to grow or they've come to you with some struggles that you want to help with, um, but you didn't quite know how to help them move from where they were to a better place or uh, to grow in their, uh, their life. Or maybe you've had some big doubts about how you actually could help someone in that situation about whether they would listen to you, um, whether you'd be pointing them in the wrong direction or whether you'd uh, be more of a bother than a help to them. And so today I really just hope that I can uh, encourage you guys and um, try and ease some of those worries and give you a bit of some practical ways to, to be looking towards developing others, whether it's something new to you or something you've been doing for a while. So, yeah, uh, before we jump into some some scripture, we're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians. Uh, I just wanted to bring a little bit of context for you. And I've got a photo that, for me, sums up the letter of 1 Corinthians. Um, yeah. So, the letter itself was written by this guy, Paul, who's portrayed by Gordon Ramsay here. Um, and he wrote a majority of the New Testament. I think it's something like 90% of the New Testament, which is crazy. Um, but he was writing in response to a letter that the Corinthian churches church had sent him Um, but his main concern in one corinthians wasn't just this letter that he was responding to but actually the corinthian church had actually strayed quite a bit from their ways that he was getting reports um, that their way of living wasn't what he'd been teaching and what jesus had uh, taught him Um, there were reports of divisions in the church arguments quarrels between christians um, and even a case of incest And one theologian says that the church was in the world as it had to be, but the uh, the world was in the church as it ought not to be. So things uh, at Corinth were not the way that God intended. They were not the way that they should be. And one of the things that's important to know about uh, the history of Corinth is that uh, in the ancient world, Corinth was actually a really important place. Uh, It was a place of great wealth and commerce. It was positioned in a spot where people could easily get to it and do trades and stuff and People from all parts of the world with different beliefs, different ethnicities, different um, thoughts about the world would, would visit and stop at Corinth. And so it was a very big, wealthy place. But even though it was a great and wealthy city, it was actually quite a morally corrupt city. And to put it one way, one author says that for someone to become like a Corinthian was actually to go to the devil. So it was really quite bad. Corinth was filled with all star, all sorts of worldly stuff, stuff that God would not be okay with. Um, and it seemed like the Corinthian church had started to let some of that creep in and was struggling uh, to keep it out. So that's something to keep into mind as we jump into our passage uh, from 1 Corinthians. So if you want to open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, verses 12 to 31, or it's on the screen. And it's a long one, so I apologize for that. But stick with me. Uh, from verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit, the Holy Spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? Uh, If the whole uh, whole were hearing, where would uh, would be the smelling? But now God has, has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need no, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honourable, on those we bestow greater honour, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having giving greater honour to the parts which lack it. That there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honoured, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. First the apostles, second the prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues. But are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? I have, do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. And so Paul is talking to the Corinthians about um, their place in the body of Christ, that as the church, they are one body that's built up of different, unique, um, yet equally important parts. And so he first talks to the people who, who feel like they are unimportant, that the part that they have to play is of little value. Um, people who may be don't make a big deal about their skills and abilities um, because maybe they see other people with better skills or more important skills and they think that those guys are better than them. And then on the flip side, he carries on to talk uh, to those who are so up themselves um, that they feel like they don't actually need the rest of the body, that they can do everything on their own. And he tries to bring them down a peg by actually saying that the lesser gifts are of equal importance and are actually invaluable that the body can't do uh, without them. And then he finishes off this section by mentioning all the diff- well, some of the different parts to play in the body, such as the apostles and the teachers uh, and the prophets and so on. And so today we're talking about developing others. And, and maybe this is something that you have thought about. Maybe it's something that you've been interested in learning um, and how to grow others. Or perhaps this is just the first time um, that you've thought about it. But I do believe that this passage has some practical stuff that we can take away, some stuff that uh, is important for us developing ourselves, uh, but also important for developing uh, other people around us. And so the first thing that we can take from it is that you have something to contribute. And that's for you and the person you're developing. And this is actually the bulk of Paul's message here. He spends quite a bit of time talking about this, that um, you have something to contribute. Even those who feel like what they have to offer could be given uh, or could be done by someone else maybe you felt like this in the past like you've wanted to help out in church or you've wanted to help out with your friends and your family uh, or in some situation in your life or even just developing others but you ask yourself what do i have to offer that someone else couldn't just step up and do or what could i have to offer that would actually be missed uh, if i disappeared for a week on holidays or whatnot or maybe you've had someone in your life that you wanted to develop in their faith and in their life and get alongside them and help them grow Uh, a friend someone you work with or a family member and one of their struggles is, is the idea that they actually have something to contribute, something of value um, something that God has created them to do and so Paul takes his chance to remove some of the roadblocks in people believing that they have something to value um, he tells the Corinthians and us that even the smallest parts to play in the kingdom the smallest parts to play in the church um, are just as important as some of the bigger parts to play that each part of the body has a body would be worse off. And I would say that each of us has a part to play, that without it, the body would be worse off. It's something that we all have to wrestle with in our lives. And I, and I believe that, that some of us would know people in our lives who are struggling with that idea. And for me, when it comes to uh, developing others um, in particular, there are times when I, I go about it with confidence and I feel like I have something to, value, uh, something to offer and contribute. You know, I ask, the right, I ask the right questions. I feel like I'm pointing them in the right direction. I have conversations that I need to have. Um, And so sometimes I I, I come at it with confidence that I actually do have something to contribute. But then there are times um, when I'm trying to develop others and I just feel like I don't have much to contribute. I I start to think, um, why me? Why am I the one that has to do this? There are people that I can think of um, who I know would be able to help maybe in in a better place, who would have more knowledge and more understanding and more experience. So why me? And one of the things that I found super helpful um, in dealing with this, uh, which Paul talks about here, is that reminding myself that God has placed me exactly where I am uh, with the gifts and abilities uh, and the knowledge and experience that he wanted me to have, that it was his choice. It wasn't by accident. And verse 18 of our passage says, But in fact, God has placed the the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And so none of it was random at all. If God's given you the gift of leadership... Uh, then that's what God's given you. It was on purpose. Um, if God's given you uh, the abilities of uh, speaking words of wisdom over people, then that's what God's given you. It was on purpose, um, it wasn't an accident. And so, if you're wondering how to help people get back on track with where God wants them to be and developing them, um, or if you just want to know how to get yourself back on track, um, then it's important to talk about the fact that God has placed you where He's placed you. God's given you the gifts and abilities, and it was all on purpose. And that big or small, whatever part you have to play is of great value to God. And another thing that we see in this passage that's helpful is that Paul, um, he takes takes the opportunity to explore Jesus' upside-down, back-to-front world. Um, The idea where people will say the world should be like this, but actually Jesus takes it and he flips it completely on its head and says that the world should be this way. And so Paul tells the Corinthians that the lesser gifts are actually given more honor, that those who seem... uh, who seem to have smaller or weaker parts to play, are actually crucial to the kingdom of God and crucial to the body of Christ. And so verses 22 to 24 say, on the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. And so Paul is using this uh, imagery to go along with the body about clothing, um, that we clothe the parts of our body that we think are less honourable, uh, or sorry, more honourable, or unpresentable, like putting our underwear on or our pants or putting our shirt over our our bellies or whatever we're trying to hide. But he's using it to say that those parts that we see as lesser, um, we give greater honour and special modesty. And I love the first line of that part where it says, those parts of the body... To be weaker are indispensable. And the word indispensable actually means absolutely necessary. So it couldn't do without those parts. Even the seemingly weakest parts are indispensable. And so God loves to take what the world says is this way and He likes to lift them up and give them a a greater importance. He takes what people say are small, insignificant, unimportant, and He lifts them up and calls them indispensable and valued. So when you or someone you're developing starts to feel small and insignificant, like your part to play is no part at all, um, then it's important for us to remind them of God's heart to take what is small and insignificant according to the world, what people call unhelpful or unvalued, uh, and God lifts them up and gives them value and honor um, in a special place. And the reason that this is so important to instill in in yourself and the people you're developing is because the more that we feel confident about who God has created us to be and the the gifts and abilities he's created us to have, the more confidence we'll have in using those abilities to bless other people, to help serve the church. And we'll start to grow and seek to develop them more and more. And so we'll continue to grow as people in God's church. And we'll begin to see more and more that whatever we have been given has real impact and real importance. So the second thing that we have to understand is that we all have a purpose that you have a purpose using paul's analogy uh, we are all the body of christ uh, but god has called us and created us with different purposes and different functions you have a calling in life and the person you're developing has a calling in life and maybe you've been in church for a while and and, um, whenever someone's spoken about um, being called uh like being called to ministry being called missions being called to bible college etc etc maybe you've always thought that god only calls certain people to certain more holier or more spiritual tasks such as those Mm. and maybe you've thought that that god uh, only calls a few certain people to do these things to church jobs and and that's what it's meant to have a calling and so everyone else is just left to their own devices to try and figure out what they're doing or what they're good at or what they enjoy but i don't think that's right and i think I think that the more that I read the Bible and, and books about calling and purpose, I realize that everyone has a calling and purpose um, in their life that's given to us from God. That maybe as a church, uh, like a big you know, church in general, I think that maybe we've given an unhelpful label on our church jobs as being uh, more spiritual or having more purpose, but I don't think that's true. I'm learning that um, all of us have a calling in our lives, and some people are called to be pastors, some people are called to be missionaries. But some people are called to be baristas, and some people are called to be mechanics, and some people are called to be doctors. And by living out who God has created us to be, wherever that might be, um, is a great joy to God. It's, it's, a, it's a spiritual act of worship to the one who created us. And Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God towards the end of the passage in verses 23 and 24 it says whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the lord as a reward it is the lord christ you are serving and so the whole of colossians 3 is talking about how our lives have been renewed um, that the old is gone and the new is here in jesus christ and so whatever we do it is to be done for god as his servants in the world and I find this to be a more holistic view of our lives, that rather than having small, segmented life parts of our lives that are for God, such as going to church or having deeper conversations or going to small group, that actually our whole lives can be done for God, because our old lives have gone, our selfish lives have gone, and now we've been made new uh, when we gave our lives to Jesus. And our whole lives are spiritual. Our whole life belongs to God, every part of it. And so it's important for us to understand and accept what Paul says here, that uh, we all have a calling and purpose. And some of us are called to be the hands of the body of Christ. Some of us are called to be the feet or the the heart or one of the many toes that we have. And we all have something to contribute and we all have been given a calling and a purpose by God. So part of our job when developing other people is to help them to see that and help them to find out what uh, their purpose and calling is and who God has created them more, for me recently, I've been discovering more and more, uh, the more I've discovered and explored my gifts and abilities, I've realized that there's a passion growing in within me to develop other people. And so the more that I've explored that and learned about it, it's been able to help me to do that better and to um, to step into that and to learn how to grow people better. It's helped me to figure out how to move forward into the, the person that God has called me to be. And so for some of you, maybe you're still on that journey to discover your calling you're still seeking out to find where God has placed you, or maybe you've already found it, and you're just trying to figure out how to grow and get better at it. Or maybe you've got someone in your life who's on that journey who doesn't know what their purpose is, doesn't know what God's called them to do. And so some helpful questions to explore with them are things like, what are my spiritual gifts? What are my practical abilities? What am I good at? What am I bad at? Uh, what am I passionate about that whenever I talk about it or do it or research it, that I feel as though I'm exactly where God wants me to be. So ask these sorts of questions. Get alongside them and encourage them uh, as they explore that and explore it with them. There's a great joy in seeing people discover God's purpose in their life um, uh, and seeing them just have that passion and their eyes light up when they start to talk about what God is calling them to do. And as you and the, uh, and the people you're developing start to explore their calling purpose in life they'll start to find direction they'll start to find a sense of meaning in life that maybe they haven't actually had before or in a while and they'll discover that there's more to life than than just going to work and going to bed and then waking up and doing it all again and overall their purpose will have great things to contribute to the kingdom of god and to the church and to the communities around them and so the third thing that we need to understand for ourselves and for them is that we are not alone you are not alone Paul is talking about the body and the different parts of it, how they're brought to the same level of importance. Um, He says it's for a purpose, and first of all, it's so that there'd be no divisions among the church. You know, there wouldn't be these two people fighting off trying to have the best uh, version of that one part, if that makes sense. Um, And the second thing is that each part would have equal, equal concern for each other, that they would be there for each other. And that's why I believe that God didn't just make us all individual bodies of Christ with all the different parts that we needed. Uh, Because, well, one, that would be boring, (laughs) um, but it wouldn't be helpful. And so he made us all with unique gifts and abilities that are equally important, um, but they're all put put there to help build up the body of Christ so that we can walk through this life together with each other. Paul says that it should be so that if one part suffers, then every part suffers. If one part is honoured, then everyone rejoices with them. So we're all in this together. And as Christians, the life that we have forward is going to be a tough one. You know, we're going to be trying to live away the honors God and constantly be looking at what we're doing to do the best we can. Uh, We're trying to figure out where and who God has created us to be. And all at the same time, while having the world and Satan against us. How could we possibly think to do this life alone? And maybe you're someone who likes to do things alone find yourself being that um, lone wolf kind of person but i'd like to challenge you and say that there are great benefits to being in a community and having a family of believers around you when things go wrong we we we're supposed to turn to god right that's what we're told to do but it's also a blessing to have people around us to to practically help us to help push us forward to encourage us to pick us back up if we fall over ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 10 to 11 talks about Two being better than one, and it says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And so, practically, it's better to live life together because there'll be someone there to help pick you up, someone there to help you when you're not sure what to do um, to keep you warm when it's cold. It's just practically better. And for some people who are around us, being alone is is a big struggle for them. It's their worst fear. And as we encourage them that they're not alone, it can actually ease a lot of their worries and be good for them. And the other reason it's so good to be in a community and not alone is that all of our gifts actually complement each other. They actually work together. So when you're having plumbing issues, isn't the first point of call to come to the church and find out if there's a plumber. Or if you're um, having car issues, don't you come to the church to find a mechanic? we have a lot of them and when you need spiritual help don't you come to find barry or elisa or your small group leader so we all have something to offer Um, we all have a calling and a purpose and we have each other to get alongside to help to build each other up and to walk through this life together and so we need to understand and express to the people we're developing um, and growing that we don't exist alone as alone in the desert, by ourselves, with no help, uh, especially in this context here at Paragraph Gardens. <coughs> we have each other, and at the very least, if you choose to develop people, those people have you in their life. And if they're not a part of a community of believers, then invite them along to church, invite them to small group. We're all in this together, and it's important that we understand that earlier rather than later. And so these three truths are, are things to take hold of, to develop yourself and to develop others. Whether you've been thinking about this for a while or this is the first time. And so first of all, we understand that we all have something to contribute. Secondly, we all have a calling and a purpose. And thirdly, we're not alone. That we're in a community of faithful Christians together. And so I think that these three things are a great starting point. I don't think that they're at the extent of developing others, but it's a great place to start um, with moving forward and developing if we're all developing someone else in our life, if we're all walking alongside someone else, then I think that we're going to start to see all of us start to grow more and more, grow closer to God, grow grow closer to the person that God is creating us to be. Um, Us being developed, uh, us developing, and those that we are developing in our lives. So right now, I'd love for you to just close your eyes for me. And I want you to think about those people in your life who you'd like to invest in. Think about those people who who are maybe new to the faith and struggling and need someone alongside them, or people going through situations where they just need someone to walk it with them. If you've never thought about developing someone else and and this is starting to encourage you and excite you, then this is a great opportunity for you. Think about those people and send them a message today. Give them a call. Go get a coffee with them and and start a conversation about where they're at, um, about how they view themselves and the gifts that God's given them. Help them to discover who God has created where God is calling them to go. Let's pray. Lord God, we want to thank you so much for this letter that was written a long time ago, Lord, and we thank you for all the stuff that we can learn from it, Lord, that it's still applicable to us today. (coughs) And I pray that you continue to place on our hearts those people in our lives uh, that that are looking for someone to develop them, that are looking for someone to walk alongside them and to grow with them in their faith and in their life, Lord, to, to discover their value and their purpose in life, Lord. And I pray that you can continue to encourage us to be bolder, Lord, to to offer our help, to to step up with the gifts and abilities that you've given us, Lord, um, and to to really live out our function in your body, Lord, to serve the church and to serve the world, Lord. And so I pray that you can equip us with everything that we need to be developing um, the people around us, Lord, and I pray that we start to see more and more leaders emerge in this church more and more people feeling confident about who you've created them to be, Lord. Offering up their services to people or blessing people, being generous with their time. And I pray that we start to see a community that is flourishing and growing and that people just want to be around, that people just want to be here. Um, and I pray that people know, Lord, that you encourage them and remind them that they're not alone, Lord, that they're in a community with other Christians, Lord, and at the very least, at the very most even, Lord, that you are there with them every step of the way. To Guide them to strengthen them and to just love on them.